This is another interview brought to you by TheBatmanUniverse.net. Hi, this is Stephen Hill, game director on Batman Arkham Asylum. Hi, this is Lee Bermeo. Hi, I'm Brandon Vietti, director of Under the Red Hood. Hi, this is Gail Simone. Hi, this is James Tucker. Hi, I'm Dan Jurgens. Hi, this is Bruce Tim. This is Michael Jelinek from The Brave and the Bold. Hi, this is Andrea Romano. Hi, my name's Dan DeDeal. Hi, my name's Claiborne Moore with the CS Moore Studio. Hi, this is Jim Lee. This is Kevin Conroy. Hey, it's Sean DiMaggio. Hello, everyone. I'm Batman, and you're listening to my podcast. So today we have um, Gotham Public Works along with um, the director and writer of a new Batman fan, kill, fan film called Batman Forsaken. So I want to welcome everybody to the podcast. So we have Brian, who's our director and writer. We Hi. Have, so we have Reagan, who plays Catwoman. Hi there. We have uh, Donnie, who plays the Joker. Hello. We have uh, Cynthia, who plays Huntress. Hello. Tara, who's Harley Quinn. Hi. Talisanon, he plays the Mad Hatter. Oh, Topher, who plays the Penguin. Hey. And Jill, who actually is the brand new character in Gotham Public Works, and which is uh, Batgirl, uh, the Cassandra Kane version. Hey, everybody. So, uh, Brian, I want you to basically give me a plot synopsis of uh, what this fan film is. Okay, well, um, with Batman Forsaken, what we're trying to do is uh, really kind of raise the bar for what has been done in, in other Batman fan films. We've seen a lot of different fan films that have been done, but some good, some bad. But uh, we really wanted to uh, take a stab at trying to tell a story where, you know, there's a, there's a story arc, there's a beginning, middle, and end, and not just um, kind of leave you hanging, you know, after nine minutes. And so what we're trying to do is, um, rather than uh, doing a feature-length film, uh, we've gone back to uh, the idea that was introduced in the 1940s with the Batman serials and do, uh, we're looking at seven, uh, ten minute, approximately 10 minute serials, each featuring one of our villains from Gotham Public Works. And then, uh, there, so there'd be a standalone story in each serial, but there'd be an overall story arc throughout the whole thing. So if you watched them all together, there would be, you know, there's, there's one big story. So for those who stay on board, they'll get something special. But in terms of plot, without revealing too much, um, it's really we're trying. I'm trying to get into the psyche of of the characters and uh, really uh, kind of look at the at Batman in the in the comic book universe. You know, we're not trying to recreate the films. We're not trying to recreate the anima, animated series. Where the strength of Gotham Public Works, I feel, is that they have recreated the comic book characters. You know, this is Batman in present day. You know, with the present characters. You know, Tim Drake, Robin, Dick Grayson, Nightwing. You know, so on and so forth. Cassandra came Batgirl. So we're telling that story, and so we're investigating Batman as a character as to why does he surround himself with um, these people, and you know, the idea is that he. Uh, is creating a surrogate family for himself. So really, it's a story about Batman's quote-unquote family and, you know, what happens when that's taken away from him. And I, I like the idea of that. I like the fact that, well, as I said in my last podcast, I like the fact that you guys are going to break it up into those serials. Basically because a lot of fan films, like you said, are only about nine minutes long and I know a lot of work does go into them, and a lot of funding has, to, you know, personal funding has to go into that as well. So I think that I think that this is probably like a good way to do it to kind of reinvent the genre of so-called fan films. And <clears throat> this is a perfect way, not only for that, but also to incorporate all the different villains 
within Gotham Public Works without overpowering it so much where in some of the fan films you just have it just seems like you have a layout of every villain you could possibly imagine Batman's rogues gallery pop up within that small amount of time and it gets overpowered and the story of Batman gets overpowered by the fact that there's so many villains exactly you know and each I felt like each one of these villains really deserved to have their moment you know in the sun so to speak or in them the moon, I guess, in, <laughs> in the case of Batman, but I, I felt that it would be a disservice to try and fit all of them into one film. You know, it, it would just be too much, it would be a, too convoluted of a storyline, it would be too difficult to follow. And so by breaking it up, you know, we can really get into what makes this character tick and, and tell an interesting story. And so that's really what we're trying to do. So we're, I guess when you say redefine the fan film genre, you know, my approach is that these are, this is an independent film. You know, these are independent Batman serials. But, you know, if you make it any longer than like nine to ten minutes, then you lose people's interest. You know, for the most part, people are watching this online at home or at work or whatever. And, uh, you know, they want to watch something quick. And if you go beyond that 10-minute mark, you can lose your, your audience really quick. So as long as you keep it under that 10-minute time frame i think you know uh we can tell a, a pretty interesting story hopefully hopefully you know there there's quite a uh, there's a pretty good fan base already for gotham public works and that are have been expecting this for a while and uh hopefully you know we can uh do them right you know but at the same time you know uh gain some new fans along the way people that you know haven't necessarily found gotham public works but so we'll get some of that that stumble upon factor okay so one of the, the the first questions I have for I guess Gotham Public Works is I actually had I got an email after the last podcast I, I told everyone on the podcast or all the listeners that we were going to have you guys on I had some questions that were emailed to me so one of the first questions that was emailed to me was so who exactly is five nine where everyone else has to be shorter. <laughs> think that we think that the characters are all short and squat. It's not true. Harley Quinn, okay, I am one of the people who's founded the group. I'm five feet tall. I'm sorry. We just have to work with that. Our original Batman, five, nine and a half. I'm sorry. We just had to work with that. Joker, five, nine. Are you five, nine? Five, yeah. nine. So it's just what we've got. And the thing is, do you want to see like a seven foot tall, like freaking Riddler next to, you know, a like four foot 11 Robin? We just have to... This is part of our success, people, is making sure that we make sure everyone works with each other and looks good. We know the characters are like tall behemoths. We know that. But we have to work with who we are, and that's been successful so far. I'm sorry if you are beautiful and tall. We wish we could use you, but we are not beautiful and tall. We're, We're beautiful and short. We're beautiful. We're beautiful and short. It's all done so... in Hobbit scale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, but in pictures, though, we look like it works, right? In our defense, so... the ratio is good. We're proportionately tall to each other. Exactly. <laughs> So we would love to, you know, we just had to work with what we started with and, you know, a Catwoman, what, 5'4"? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, that's what we've got. It's like we look great together and it's like if we have somebody towering over us, it's just going to throw the whole thing off, even though they're like what the official DC thing says that that height is, but we just can't do it. So I am sorry. We love you, Tollies. We just, yeah, that's the story I'm at. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure that listener will be pleased to hear that, but um, I, I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Terry, you actually mentioned that you were one of the founding members. Um, who who were the, well, who else is a founding member, I guess I should say? 
It was just me and um, the Batman who we recently kind of um, parted with, Chris. And, uh, okay, so then I guess my next question is, how did everybody else come to be involved? Um, well, we actually kind of formed the group around 1999, and I think the next person that I brought in was uh, the Joker, who is now my husband. <laughs> Take that, um, <laughs> internet. And uh, <laughs> we just, we were really fortunate to continue to come across people who were absolutely their characters, who absolutely made us feel like we were in Gotham with Catwoman and with, you know, Riddler and whoever. And um, I think, yeah, at this stage, too, uh, Reagan Catwoman is our other most senior member at this point. You joined in, when was that? It's like 2001. Wow, that's pretty, really early on. Maybe 2000. I was so happy to find a a group of costume nerds as freaky as I was. (laughs) And I think a lot of times, we've, surprisingly, we've actually found people who would email me and were interested in a role like, uh, say, for instance, our Two-Face. He just wrote me, and I just saw the pictures of him, and I was like, oh, my God, you're so it. And we brought him in. Um, Cynthia, our huntress, she wrote me several years ago wanting to be Talia, actually, and I told her, you know what, you kind of, that's great. Maybe we could use that down the line. I don't know, but you kind of seem like a huntress to me. And turned out she absolutely was. Um, so we've got a lot of people who just have written us who really responded to what we do and just we found they really kind of helped bring us into this whole world and we're absolutely these characters. Um, so it's just developed over the years. Some people have come in and, and left. It didn't work out, you know, and other people um, were just people that we knew already who we just kind of discovered we had this in common. And Jill, since you're the newest character, how did you get involved since it's been the most recent? Well, um... Actually, a friend. I've always seen them at Comic Con. I've been going to Comic Con ever since I was five. All of a sudden, my friend's like, "Hey, why didn't you try and meet a Batgirl?" Because we were big Batgirl fans uh, at the time. And I was like, "Oh, they probably found one already." But I shot an email anyways, and then Tara and uh, the previous Batman were like, "Oh my God, we have to see you!" And then one thing led after another, and then eventually I get to this point, and I feel like I really relate to. Character. Yeah, I, we've, I've known all of you for quite a while, but then Reagan Reagan dragged me into it because she knew I would love this. And yeah. <laughs> she was right. So. Yeah, you're yeah, so made to be our Mad Hatter. I love it. Um, the next question we have is, uh, do you guys take your characters and base them strictly off the comics or the cartoons or the film versions? Or what exactly do you base them off of? I'll kind of start with that because um, I think you know whatever we first see them in, there's something with each of us that sort of strikes a chord with us personally, and which is why we are the characters we play, and which is why you don't see us, you know, doing these several other Marvel characters and these other DC characters, whatever. Um, but we just kind of pull from what works. Like I think a lot of us enjoy the comics a lot. A lot of us love the animated series. You know, that's where I really first came into Batman myself. So I think we just kind of take the elements from that that we think are the best that like speak to us the most and just use it so it's not anything really specific it's just we just draw from everything and pull together kind of what works i think like does and, anyone else agree yeah, with yeah. Well, I'll, I'll throw in a little bit in terms of the film and and how i'm directing them um <laughs> yeah i you know i've been i've been a batman fan since i was a very small kid so i i grew up with you know the 60s tv show and and the super friends and uh, so I grew up with kind of the campy side of Batman, but then, you know, once, you know, 89 rolled around and, you know, the first Batman movie kind of introduced a whole new way of looking at the character. And uh, so now, what? A, since I've seen Batman, in, you know, like so many others have, in so many different ways, um, 
I'm encouraging each of them to really kind of find themselves, you know, within the character, but still maintain what's iconic about each character. So, like with Catwoman, you know, I really want Reagan to to be the Catwoman that she knows and is familiar with, but also inject a little bit of her own personality into it, you know, yeah. so, so that we get something really unique from what we've seen before. You know, the truth is, people called me Catwoman before I ever knew there was a character based on it. <laughs> I thought it was a personal nickname that people gave me because I was so amazingly cat-like. <laughs> Imagine my surprise to find the media empire based upon this character. <laughs> I was very excited. <laughs> yes, I found my people. Meow. <laughs> so, how, how did, uh, does everybody else base it basically off the comics, or? Um, a, a, a mix of the ahead. comics and cartoons. I, I, I think we kind of avoid the movies... It's easier but. to take the comic book, which is a static piece of art, and turn it into something that's living and original and three-dimensional in person, you know, whereas a film is already a completed expression, but the comic book gives you so much more leeway to step into the archetype and personalize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like that. Like with with Joker, you know, uh, I, I really didn't want him to tap into Jack Nicholson or Heath Ledger or even, you know, Mark Hamill for that matter, but really to find himself and really do his own take because if you're trying to sync up with something that's already done, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot, really, because there's already a built-in expectation in the fan world of how that is supposed to look and feel and sound, whereas if you do an original take, you know, you're you're setting the tone for that world. Yeah, and you're, exa- and you're definitely giving not only your take, but also your version, which is different well, than everybody else. They're pretty unmorphic. Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 it's so hard because there's been a lot of really good jokers in the media. You know, you have Mark Hamill, who's amazing, and you, you have the Nicholson, and now you'll have the, the Heat. And the comics. And never get Cesar Romero. And the Cesar yeah. Romero. that wicked cool so, mustache. How can, how can my, my Joker, I really had to pull kind of from my raging cauldron of hate inside <laughs> to, to build this, this kind of demented version of everyone's characters and it's and I mean, I think it's really like, fun. when I met him, I knew he was the Joker. I just saw it. It's just kind of in us. And, you know, whether that kind of reads from like a comic version of it or a film version of it, it's, it's just what we've kind of grown up with. Like you grew up with the comics too. Right. I, I grew up with, with 80s, 90s, Joker, and that's... I, I, I always get a little bit of the killing joke vibe out of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's what I try and identify most with, is, is the comic Joker, specifically killing joke Joker. But I think, you know, I think I, I, I was pleasantly surprised, you know, with, uh, with, with Donnie. I mean, he looks so great in the pictures, and so I, you know, I really was hoping that he'd tap into something, you know, new with the Joker, and when he showed up on set and was fully into it, um, he didn't break character even, before, you know, when we were not rolling camera. And I think I think the fans um, of GPW and Batman in general are really uh, going to kind of dig what he's doing with the with uh, with the Joker. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. May I interject um, as a hero? It's a little bit different. Um, what are the heroes think? Yeah, I know. Yeah, honestly, it's a little bit different coming um, to a character point of view because if you look at most of the comic books, um, a lot of the things that are said between heroes is very um, witty. Um, as far as like fighting someone, you're usually having kind of more of a witty attack um, verbally. So being a character as a hero and going into the movie, I had to pull in per- like, personal stuff that I've dealt with over the years. Um, 
I mean, I don't know about you, Jill, but I think being a hero, we have a little bit of a different um, approach coming into the characters because you guys all, um, it seems like there's an archetype of um, villains that you're able to tap into and, you know, Joker, obviously, you know, very funny. Harley is very whimsical. Like, you guys all have these particular things, but what is it that makes a Batman or what is it that makes a Huntress? What is it that makes Batgirl different from all these other people? And we have to, for me personally, I had to pull something personal out of my own history. It's less of a gimmick with your character. Yeah, there's more yeah, of a realism right. that you have to see through our eyes versus what we're saying particularly. Okay, right, so God. I guess my next question is, how long does it actually take you guys start to finish to produce just one 10-minute short? Um, well, what, we, what we've done already is um, we actually spent two full days. It was 48 hours, and that was just producing the trailer. That was No, that was filming, not producing. Or, excuse producing me. Excuse like me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. From, from, the, from the writer and director. And, you know, this has actually been something that's been worked for a long time. You know, actual filming was was forty eight hours. It, it was every bit of that. You know, we I know you know Grayson spent months and months you know shooting on uh, weekends, but what, you know we just wanted to knock out a trailer so that we've got something to show people and hopefully hopefully get uh, spark some interest and get some funding. We just pretty much had to go full force into this. I mean, we complete focus for at least like a couple months, I think. Yeah. To just get these, what's going to be probably about three minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and Tara, Tara and I were working at it for literally months beforehand, yeah. lining up all the details. And you know, not her or I have never produced a film before. You know, I went to film school, but it was all for film composing, so it was a huge learning experience and all really? of the details and gear and people that you have to pull together. I mean, I, I got an education, that's for sure. Quite the crash course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, we're we're going to be shooting uh, chapter one this fall. Um, it's uh, it's entitled The Cat's Meow. <laughs> so, uh, chapter one will feature the Catwoman. <laughs> okay. So, when do you guys so think are the, the trailers actually going to be ready for everyone to view? Oh, that's the thousand dollar question. Well, um, we're thousand dollars. We'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm in I'm in post production right now uh, with our editor and uh, visual effects guys, and uh, we are planning on having it ready for Comic Con. All right. To show at Con, oh yeah, but we're gonna we're right. gonna be having a, bit, a party at Comic Con to unveil our video and to get a little FaceTime with all of our wonderful fans, and they'll all be able to contribute to our movie by paying to get in. Okay, so yeah. I guess the next question is, um, where do you guys film? Do you guys just, I mean, do you guys set up locations or how does how does it work? I mean, obviously you guys don't have a back lot. Well, maybe you do. Uh, I don't know. Um, we do have a lot of resources available to us, but for the trailer, we were actually very fortunate to secure a studio location that we were able to kind of recreate everything. Yeah, we actually, um, we for the trailer, you know, we were able to uh, create about eight different environments for that for that trailer in one space. Okay, so here's here's uh, just one off the, the completely not related to the film at all, but. Uh, we had a listener who emailed a question who said, do you guys have any crazy fan stories? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. You know what? The one year that I've been here, I actually have one. You do? Yeah. You go for it. Tell uh, the computer. Cynthia's got a story for it. Um, I mean, it's not, not entirely crazy, but um, being, you know, part of the group, I, like, first time went to Comic-Con, first time dressed, first time with GPW, so it was a first for everything. And um, in our second day of coming around, one guy actually comes up to me and um, tells me that I am the inspiration of his life and that um, I was the reason why he um, got out of rehab of doing um, 
he was like in a wheelchair or something like that. And but needless to say, he was actually really oh sweetheart. Gosh. But to tell me that I was the inspiration of his life because um, without me, like the huntress, he wouldn't have been there. So I mean, it's kind of crazy to know that being the huntress, like I've actually inspired like people. When they identify here. you as yeah. the character, yeah, and that's what yeah. talking. It's here. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and they have this whole moment talking to that character. Yeah, with you, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. That was my creepy moment, yeah. We get some really funny submissions, you know? Like, everybody, people want to be in GPW, and they all send us pictures. And, you know, we should we should have a Mystery Science Theater 3000 slideshow. Oh, that's wrong. That's, <laughs> that's a very nice Batmite costume you have there, yeah. Batmite, yeah. uh... I get, I get pictures of people's brothers with their shirts off. Being like, hey, this is my hot, sexy brother, and I'm really in love with you, and I can't wait to meet you, and we're going to like go to Italy, and we're going. I, I guess I made uh, I made Kevin Smith's daughter cry. Does that? Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of told her and told her that she was going to completely love the Joker when she's older, based on the fact that you know she's my namesake. So yeah, some that was... <laughs> some kids have this uh, visceral reaction when they see me in the makeup, and just. Bam! Tears. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing they can do. Oh. And uh, unfortunately, one of those kids happened to be Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn, Harley Smith. Quinn Smith. It's your superpower. You make and, kids uh, cry. Yeah, it's one of my many talents. <laughs> do you guys uh, collect comics? That was another question from a listener. Yeah, of course. No, we're not a bunch of just actors who are like, hey, we should capitalize on the Batman thing. No, we're actually fans. We're actually huge dorks for this. Absolutely. And none of us is pulling a check on this, so we're all uh, we're all doing this for the uh, love of the game. Yeah, Yeah, we're all putting money in to make this work. Minus checks. Yeah. We get minus checks. We are negative cash, being big geeks, loving what we do. Gosh darn it, the payoff is so sweet. There you go. Well, that actually leads to my next question. Um, what exactly? How did your guys' interest, like, the way I look at it, it takes a lot to do what you guys do. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the time, the, the the financing that you guys put into this, obviously you guys are really diehard Batman fans. So how, I appreciate you recognizing that. <laughs> how, how exactly did you guys get to, I guess, the point where you were, you reached what you guys are now, where you're basically spending you know, a lot of time, a lot of your own personal money, you know, to really promote. It really is a process. Like, I think, you know, I just started first really liking Harley Quinn and then really identifying with Harley Quinn and then dressing like Harley Quinn in a way that I guess was really good and, you know, really looked like her and I really, you know, came off as it. And so when people respond to that, you want to do more and you want to give more. And then when that works, you know, you make a site and people really respond to that. I mean, it's extremely encouraging to have people respond to us the way they do and so that you do get back you know I mean it feels so good when you're at comic-con and we're all together as a group and we've got kids coming up and they want to have their picture taken with us and we are bringing something to life for them that they could never get up close to and touch in any other situation but we are bringing their heroes and and their wicked villains to life to, to them right where they can they can hold our hand if they want you well, know? and these kind of people uh, there's also the aspect of um, that we all get along really well. We're all friends, like close friends, and so we hang out like a lot, like not not outside the group. But when we get together, the meetings are, are long because it's we don't get to see each other. So we get we, 
we get a lot of <laughs> we get a lot of friendship out of it between ourselves, if nothing else, too. Yeah, and I mean, we've also too had a. Uh, people who we've been huge fans of over the years respond to us, and that's amazingly gratifying. Oh, my to, God. Yeah, to, like, be a huge fan of somebody and have them be like, oh, my gosh, you are you really, like, live this character in a way that I totally see. It's, it's amazing, you know, to be able to... I mean, it's great to just be a fan who can talk to somebody, but it's it's great to be a fan who can talk to somebody who you're a fan of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grant Morrison took a picture of me with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> that was, like, the cherry on top of my life. It's also really cool. Like, to not be, and again, I, I have friends that do Star Wars costuming, but it's really fulfilling for me not to be Stormtrooper number 258, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or or another Jedi, you know, it, it's really nice to be a distinct set, you know, established character, and that's why that's fulfilling for me. And as for the process, it, it helps that we're all pretty highly motivated, creative human beings, and normal life too so we can just sort of apply some of that insane energy to, to our hobbies uh, yeah, exactly. motivation is key mm -hmm. okay yeah, so true. we all kind of do this stuff outside of it anyway and so it's just another outlet for kind of who we are and what we do yeah i mean i'm Callum, and imagine what i'd have to if i didn't have this fan group yeah i mean stealing jewels <laughs> our computer equipment <laughs> <laughs> all right the another question we had um was how much would you say each one of the costumes and I guess all, everything that, if you were to start normal day going to work and then you had to put all the stuff on, your, you know, the costume, the makeup, everything that you guys put on for your costume, how much would you say that each one of your costumes is really cost? Um, depends on the character. It really depends. Uh, for me, Harley, that's been like her costume and makeup and time Four or five hundred, but I mean, I'm continually improving that too. And then uh, who else? Yeah, my uh, Catwoman's costume is about maybe eight or nine hundred, just because props get expensive. Oh, I forgot I got those custom shoes for four hundred. That too. Let's yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, uh, mine's most expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bat Batman suits. I think the heroes Chris's, are more expensive. Yeah, Chris's suits were very expensive. Like two yeah, they, grand. Those were yeah. all handmade. By him, I mean, down to the molding, you know, the molds and the fiberglass and the latex. So the those time were, put in. Those are good. very expensive. Uh, and getting Alex, cast Alex. is a pain. That's, mm -hmm. that's, <laughs> and the heroes have to get body cast. That's another thing. So, And actually, any of our faces who have a mask or whatever, we're, we have a head cast. Uh, the Joker suits run, you know, four or five hundred apiece. I have a few of them. And the, but the makeup takes hours. a couple of hours We've actually got it, now that I have Jessica, our makeup artist, she's actually been helping a lot, and she cuts it down to a, a two-hour process. But yeah. that's if everything goes smoothly, and my skin is accepting the makeup, which it doesn't always, <laughs> especially on the second day. So. But the suits are generally custom-made, so it's not like you can go out to a store and buy the suits that we're wearing. Yeah, we get so many right. emails of like, yeah, we get all these emails like, hey, where did you buy that? I'm like, uh, not really around the corner anywhere. Sorry, it's yeah, they're all custom and take, you know, they're all custom to our body. Yeah, yeah, and my suit, um, I actually had the suit before, um, like officially joining with them, and it ran about between 800 and 900, and I had somebody else um, custom made it. Mine's uh, over a grand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's also a really important point that we share resources too. So the end dollar sign is if we had to go out and just pay the money 
would be a lot more too. So I mean, uh, Chris, uh, uh, he donated a lot of time. Uh, Two Face donated some time. We had a photographer donate some time to help me with my nose cast. Um, so we share resources too, and that keeps the cost low too. So that's another important factor: is that whatever we're shelling out, it would be a, it would be a lot more. Um, if we didn't have the shared resources of the group, too. I, I, I just love the idea of doing a nose cast. I just think that's something. <laughs> <laughs> if you did, there's a lot of fun. The other, another question we had from a listener was, um, is your shorts going to have a, a Batmobile? Uh, we're, we're working on that. Um, that's something we've talked about. There, there are a few things that really add a, a, a level of credibility to the films that we're striving to, uh, to achieve. Um, the costumes, you know, are, we've already accomplished... And, uh, Still improving. We're, yeah, we're always improving. We're always looking to, to make the costumes better than what they are. But um, uh, we are <clears throat> discussing having a legitimate Batcave and uh, the Batmobile as well. So I'm, I'm definitely hoping for a Batmobile, but we, it's something that we're talking about. Okay. I've always wanted a 69 Corvette Stingray. We should be able to work this out. <laughs> what is your guys' take on the Dark Knight and how it's going to turn out? I think we're all, you know, oh, excited. We're going to go see that together, right? Me and Joker actually went to do the crazy big scavenger runaround sweat fest that was seeing the latest trailer, and it was awesome, and the Batman stuff especially gave us absolute chills. Really looking forward to it. And, I mean, it, it's just, it's like if the last film, It Begins, didn't do well, the, the, uh, we were screwed. The whole, the, what is it called? The whole, uh, the franchise. Franchise. The franchise. Thank you. Franchise. The franchise would have been screwed for a very long time. And so they brought something back that just, I think, excited me, inspired me. And I think everybody else probably feels the same way. Yeah, the, 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 they've achieved a, a sense of realism in the, with, with the Batman mythology um, that hasn't, hasn't been shown before. Um, which is why we're specifically not going that route because Christopher Nolan and his crew are doing such a great job of it. Um, you know that it, it doesn't behoove us to try and do what they're doing. They're doing they're doing it great already. Well, the the I guess my last question is how can uh, the fans actually support you guys? That's that's what a lot of people have asked. Send us money. Buy our stuff. Donate. <laughs> Please buy t shirts. We think you just open the shop at cafepress.com/shopgpw. Uh, oh, also, if you just donate money to our movie, we will send you... We are releasing production stills to people who make donations, and we'll also send you autographed 8x10s. Mm-hmm. And you can donate directly on the site. Yeah. GothamPublicWorks.com. Look for the donate button in the upper right-hand corner, and give us your money. <laughs> uh, additionally, um, go, on the, uh, go on the message boards, and, and uh, you know, we're all on there, you know... Uh, I opened up a thread this week. We're, you know, talking about what's going on specifically with the film storyline, um, and you know, we're open to, to fan suggestions. So if they've, you know, we we want to interact. We want to make ourselves accessible to the fans that are supporting us. So mm-hmm. if you can't donate money, donate your opinion. Um, we'd love to hear from everybody. Oh, how great that would be, you know, because in the major major motion pictures you can't ever have a say. But we're in the process of creating this amazing piece of fan based art right now. 
And if anybody has anything to say, we are available to listen. Yeah, and it's absolutely everyone's feedback that has really encouraged us and, and energized us to kind of continue doing what we do. Yeah, so. we're really making this movie because we've had so many people over the years who were like, oh, we love you so much, please make a movie. And now, so we really feel like we're doing it for the fans, and it's just so gratifying. Well, I can <laughs> say, you know, I'm not a costume character um, because I exceed the height limit. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I've seen these guys at Comic-Con, and I've been a fan of theirs for, for a number of years. And so that's why I initially started emailing Tara. It's just because, you know, I, as a as a creator and a storyteller, I've had a Batman story just kind of burning in me. And, um, and I knew that these guys could bring it to life in a way that uh, nobody else could. So that's, that's why I'm here. Well, I want to thank you guys for uh, being on the podcast, and uh, hopefully we can do something in the future. Thank you so much. We'll have to talk to you again around uh, Comic-Con when the uh, trailer's up. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. And...